0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sisters in Sustainability podcast. I am your host, Victoria Lynn. For our weekly listeners, you know the drill, but for those of us who are joining us for the first time, we are here to talk about the impact that women are having on the modern sustainable development movement. For the month of May, we are specifically diving into the realm of mental health. Today, we are joined by a mental health advocate in the current Miss Pennsylvania, Alyssa Bainbridge, Alyssa, thank you so much for being here with us today. It's a privilege. Um, we're going to get to get into all of the, the great stuff, but why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. Well, thanks so much for having me on the podcast. But like you said, I'm Miss Pennsylvania. That's kind of Really, my full-time job right now is serving the Commonwealth um, as a brand ambassador for the Miss America organization here in Pennsylvania, and of course, advocating for my community service initiative, which is all about mental health awareness, perfect ahead of mental health month. Um, So I'm sure we'll get into a lot of the specifics of what I do, but I'm a mental health advocate and I work to provide mental health education, as well as to directly empower people who might be living with mental health or substance use disorders, and my passion comes from a personal story of that my family has.
0: So you mentioned that, you know, you have a personal story and, you know, your community service initiative is Tyler's Triumph. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about what that deals with and kind of why it's important to you?
1: Yeah. So I always knew when I entered the Miss America organization, when I was a teen at 15, what I wanted my social impact or my community service initiative, rather, to be. Um, And it's kind of the reason I got involved in Miss America is because I had this message and this story that I really wanted to share with the world that I felt could have impact. And I saw Miss America as a great platform to be able to do that. So um, I wanted to share this story that I grew up as one of three kids, um, and I had both an older brother and a younger sister who lived with mental illness. Uh, Both of them struggled with bipolar disorder. My sister lives with ADHD and some other mental health issues, and my brother actually developed substance use disorder as a result of his untreated bipolar disorder. So I share both of their stories uh, because they highlight the absolute vitality of early mental health intervention. Um, And my brother's story is kind of, you know, the dark side of of mental illness and the consequences that come when you don't get early intervention. So he did fall into a six-year battle with addiction because he battled in silence uh, with mental illness most of his life, did not get the help that he needed, didn't know that he needed help until it was too late. And we lost him to an overdose five years ago. So we know the darkness and the consequences that can come, but my family also knows that there's hope. And I carry that message too in my younger sister, Olivia, Um, and her story could have ended up the same as my brother's, but she got that early intervention, that early diagnosis. She just grew up in a generation where it was more common to talk about mental illness. Um, There was more conversation around it and we were aware of the warning signs. And so she got the treatment she needed from the time she was five years old. Now she's 21, thriving in school to be a school counselor. So I saw how important, first of all, that early intervention was, early diagnosis was, and also creating stigma-free spaces for people to live in. Because that was another really key factor in my sister's life is we made sure that she never felt defined by her mental illness so so that's why I educate not only to give people that early intervention, where they can go, what warning signs they should be aware of, um, but also work to break down that stigma and commit people to creating stigma-free communities so that people can, you know, feel safe and comfortable to go get that help if they need it uh, without having to feel ashamed of it. I
0: mean that's a perfect transition into my next question, which is all about stigma. I mean, we see this every day with uh, with mental health, but especially with substance use and and unfortunately, people who have substance use substance use disorders. You know, can you talk about what that stigma looks like, um, especially coming from directly from the inside? You know, having family members who unfortunately have these issues and and have really worked hard to overcome them. I know Olivia is it's awesome getting to watch Olivia grow up. And I know many of us shared in your loss with you when you lost your brother. So could you talk a little bit about that stigma and what the average person can do to kind of help bridge that gap?
1: Perfect. I love that question, um, because that's exactly what I do in my school program, and it's called the More Than program. So the my, the name of my social impact or my service initiative is Tyler's Triumph, the More Than program. Um, and so the Tyler's Triumph side really addresses um, the recovery community and provides financial support to people in recovery. Uh, but this More Than project that I created is really focused on that stigma and empowering people with mental illness, letting them know that they are so much more than a mental illness and that they are so much more than what stigma says about them and that, that they are people first. And so I created this More Than program as a part of the More Than project to go into schools especially and teach kids about warning signs of mental health, how to take care of themselves, but also what stigma looks like and how they might be contributing to it and how they can make sure that they're not contributing to it. So I've had a lot of school counselors tell me that you know it's it's we really need to have those examples um for people to be aware of because we hear about this stigma that there's this stigma around it but we don't realize kind of the specific things that we might be saying or doing without even realizing it to contribute to that stigma. So especially when I'm talking to students in a school setting, I tell them that stigma, you know, it has a lot to do with with your, with your word choice. You know, if you're referring to students who might have a behavioral health disorder as the bad kids or calling them things like weird or crazy or psycho, that really contributes to stigma and it can make people feel really boxed in and defined and afraid to talk about it. Uh, you know, if we're saying that people who do choose to speak up and share about their mental health struggles or their mental illness are just seeking attention. That's a common one I see that also, you know, tells people that they should be ashamed to talk of it, talk about it, and it keeps them from talking about it. So so those are some examples that I give the students of of ways they might be contributing to stigma around mental health in general. But like you said, I found that the stigma associated with substance use disorder is especially it is especially a beast and it is, it is very much there. Um, And I've dealt with it, of course, as a a sibling, you know, people have said to me, like, I can't believe you are related to someone who would, who would do drugs or they would call my brother a, a drug addict. They say it's his fault that he died. And I still get that sometimes, you know, with the advocacy work that I'm doing, but you know, that's why I do it and why I want to educate people about addiction as a disease and, and give them the facts about why, why it's not a choice uh, that we hear commonly. But but it really starts with, with that education. So that's what I'm working to do as Miss Pennsylvania. And just being aware of it, being aware of things like our word choice, uh, making sure that we're choosing to see the person first when we're talking about things like addiction and mental illness. So I created the More Than Stigma Pledge. To commit people to doing just that, to standing up to stigma, to getting rid of some of this, some of these words in their vocabulary and just making sure that we're treating and talking about mental health and substance use disorders in ways that are passionate and putting the person before the illness.
0: So as a family member who, you know, had to unfortunately watch a sibling go through what Tyler went through. What advice can you impart to other people who are dealing with a similar situation? How can friends and family members of people dealing with substance abuse disorders, you know, help support their family or their friends in getting the help that they need, or even just, you know, getting through the day to day of living with, you know,
1: living with addiction? It's good that you put it that way, because really all you can do when you have a family member living with addiction is take it day by day. You know, at the end of the day, you just want them to survive the next day and and you'll do whatever it takes to help them just be able to survive the next day. And it's a desperate feeling. It's not a good feeling, uh, but know that you are never alone in that. you know, we talk to the people living with the mental illness with the substance use disorder, letting them know that they're not alone. Um, and that's true. but addiction especially is very much a family disease. It affects the whole family. Um, I've had, my own, you know, struggles, mental health struggles that have come from, you know, dealing with my brother's addiction and of course dealing with the loss of my brother. So just know that you're not alone. There are support groups out there for family members of people living with addiction. So I'm in a couple of Facebook support groups for specifically for people who have lost siblings to overdose. So that's a great resource. Look into some of those support groups, some of those organizations where you can just lean into people Um, And hear those similar stories and know that you're not alone, because again, sometimes that stigma can really get to you and, and, you know, people will judge you as a family member, you know, how did you let this happen? Why aren't you doing anything? Why aren't you cutting them off? You know, you're going to hear it. So lean into those people who have also been through it and you'll find that more people have been through it uh, than, you know, and I think it's really important in that regard to, to share your stories because you have no idea how much it can impact people and inspire people to share their their stories and and know that they're not alone. And that's something beautiful that I've been able to do as Miss Pennsylvania, because people don't expect me to walk into a room and and share a story about being affected by addiction and overdose. But when I do, I find that it helps them to open up and and be willing to share their stories and just feel a little bit less ashamed and a little bit less alone.
0: In talking about education, especially when it comes to dealing with issues that are kind of scary in a world and especially for young people, what do you feel is the best way to approach, let's say like a group of fifth graders or sixth graders to talk about these really heavy issues?
1: Yeah, that's something I've had to do and, and really adapt to as Miss Pennsylvania because my my service initiative is something that can be really heavy and really dark, especially on the addiction side of things. And I say that it all comes back to just that conversation, that basic conversation about mental health. I think that that mental health is is the root of all of this and getting that early uh, intervention, having that early mental health conversation is so key. So when I'm in elementary schools and middle schools, especially uh, when we're talking about things like substance abuse, I always bring it back to that mental health. And it, it starts with prevention. And it all starts by taking care of your mental health, knowing when there might be something wrong when you're struggling and knowing exactly where you can go and how you can cope as you're dealing with those things so that it doesn't elevate to something like addiction.
0: So switching gears just a little bit, um, you are our current reigning Miss Pennsylvania. I know that you've got a lot of really big things coming down the pike. So as somebody who's dedicated your life and, and really dedicated your whole life um, to the Miss America organization, does your last month of being Miss Pennsylvania look like?
1: Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's my last month, Uh, but it's really a marathon from here on out, uh, really with everything. So May is mental health month. So that's going to be big. I have a lot of um, different, you know, just content planned for mental health month for social media. I have some really awesome speaking engagements and appearances coming up uh, for my social impact. I actually, I think I can share, I'll be um, keynote speaker at the national, the Pennsylvania state level of the Clubhouse Coalition Conference, uh, which is really huge. So the Clubhouse Coalition uh, provides these clubhouses, kind of these safe havens to support people living with mental illness. So I get to be the keynote speaker at the state conference in June. I'll be speaking at some other conferences. So it's a sprint. My, My schedule is packed, but Really just doing everything to get those last moments in, soak in those last moments and also just prepare for the next Miss Pennsylvania to come in. So tying up some last sponsorship uh, things with Miss Pennsylvania and and helping to plan Miss Pennsylvania week and orientation so that our candidates in the next Miss Pennsylvania can have the best experience possible too.
0: I'm sure this is a question that if you haven't been asked it yet, you're going to be asked quite a lot over the next couple of weeks. Um, But what comes next for you after your Miss America journey is over?
1: I know. So definitely the one thing I do know, so I don't know exactly, exactly where I'll be doing yet, but I do know that. I will forever and always be a mental health advocate. So I will continue doing this work with Tyler's Triumph and with the More Than Project. So really looking forward to just being able to build Tyler's Triumph, that nonprofit side of things, Um, long-term goals. We want to raise money to be able to give scholarships to people to live in recovery houses and to potentially go back to school if that's where they are in their recovery journey. Long-term, we would love to, to you know, be able to raise enough money to open up a recovery house and operate a recovery house of our own here in Pennsylvania. So mental health advocacy for sure will always be in my future. And then in some capacity, I will be pursuing my career in broadcasting. So I was working as a TV news reporter before I won Miss Pennsylvania. So I'll be looking for a job again on TV. So if you're a news director or, or someone related to a news station listening, please hire me.
0: <laughs> so... Looking back on your years, Ms. Pennsylvania, and you know, in talking about your community service initiative, is there a particular moment or education moment or something to do with your community service initiative that really, really sticks out to you?
1: It's just, it's in the interactions, I think, and in people's reactions, you know, after I'm done speaking, after I'm done giving a program. And, and the things that they come up to me and say after, and, you know, you know, you go into this, you know, you want to have an okay. impact. And, and I thought large scale, I want to have this impact, but I've learned just how impactful those everyday single interactions with people are. And one that specifically come to, comes to mind that, that changed my life just a few weeks ago, I was speaking at a recovery house of all places. It was it was an anniversary celebration for a recovery house in, in Allentown that people can come to uh, whenever they're in crisis or if they need help of any sort. And after I was done giving my speech and sharing my story, this woman came up to me with tears in her eyes. And she said, you know, I just, I woke up this morning and I was feeling suicidal and I was having a really bad day. And that's why I came in here and I had no idea you would be here. And I heard your speech and it completely turned my day around. And I think it turned my life around and it just gave me hope and it changed my day. And I just had to tell you that I believe that God placed me here today to hear your message and, and that it changed my life. So just things like that. If that's the only impact I've had in my year and in my service initiative, then then I have won and I, I have done my job. And, and there are so many other stories of interactions I've had like that. But it's just if I'm able to touch one person, give them hope, change their life, give them the courage to keep fighting, then I have done my job. And that's why I'm doing this. And it's absolutely worth it.
0: Well, I can say as somebody who's watched you for 10 years chase this dream and and be beyond successful in the stream, you should more than just one life um, in this decade. And we are all the better for having known you and uh, all the better for knowing you well into our lives. So unfortunately, and as quick as these interviews start, they are coming to an end. Um, But I like to ask this question at the end of all of my interviews. So Alyssa... What is the one piece of advice or one thing that you would tell a young person that wants to create positive change in the world?
1: Just know what your passion is and let it light you on fire. There are a lot of issues to solve in the world um you know i've seen that as miss pennsylvania there's so many causes that i get to you know be a part of but find that one that just lights you on fire maybe it's because you have a personal story maybe you just have this fire in your heart for it but just take that and run with it you can't solve all the issues in the world but if there's just one that you focus on and that you pursue steadfastly and again even if you can't change the whole world and you can't change that whole issue if your advocacy you sharing your story, your work helps just one person change just one life. It creates a ripple effect. So, so just, just keep, keep on pushing toward that. Let it light you on fire and, and and pursue whatever it is that that passion is.
0: Wow. I love that. That's, that's wonderful advice. So to our listeners at home, find that passion, find that fire and do it. Ladies and gentlemen, you can learn more about Alyssa's mission and follow what are, sadly, her final days as Miss Pennsylvania by following her on Instagram at Tyler's Triumph and at Miss America PA. And you'll even be able to see the next Miss Pennsylvania come in as soon as you hit that follow button. So uh, learn more about how you can help achieve the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals by following us on Instagram at the Sisters in Sustainability podcast and at Sustainability Starts With You. Join the hashtag #SisPodNation today and remember that sustainability really does start with you.